This is a certified Big Soy Naturals classic. I have a problem. I look like Jared Padalecki. I got them Supernaturals. So my value right now is zero. If you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path to communism. Enforced farming is really not a vibe. Hi, hello, welcome everybody, pay pigs and prayer warriors, to the next episode of Big Soy Naturals. How are you today? You kind of sang that. Organized. You kind of sang that organized open. A little theater background coming out. Um, <laughs> a little bit. A okay, little bit. we have a, a special guest, but we're gonna introduce ourselves in privilege order, um, mm -hmm. which means that. Uh, that's why Kendall spoke first. Um, <laughs> and then up up next is our special guest, uh, Riley, uh, who is a non-binary Ukrainian. Uh, I'm I'm being told that I learned this today Producers from Riley. Are saying. Yeah, uh, is also the creator of many viral tweets, including one about a really big fern uh, <laughs> has has written. What did you write? You wrote something that you wanted me to to say. No, but well I now it sounds stupid because you're saying that I wanted you to say it. <laughs> no, but I wrote I wrote about my best thing that I ever did in my life was I wrote about an Infowars for the cut, and then they immediately stopped making Iconic. the podcast. Uh, sometimes I wonder if it's my fault. I'm so upset that that but they ended that. That I was still know what that is. Infowars. Um, yeah. You'd actually love Nympho oh. Wars. Cerise is a known podcast hater, despite having a podcast. I just don't um, like to listen to them. Anyway, okay, we've got our friend Riley here. We brought Riley on because Riley knows a lot of stuff. And also, you make terrible Instagram infographics now for a living, well, right? Well, no, but my career now intersects with, like, Instagram and social media in a way it didn't before, to where I'm consuming a lot more of that content than I ever wanted to. Um, so I guess that qualifies me to some level. Do you feel like you're getting more informed? Like, what have you learned about recently? Is your brain swelling from just the size of, like, just all that information just pouring yeah, in? Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is definitely making my brain swell, not in positive ways. Like, I think there are some ruptures that are about to collapse some cells that are definitely dying um <laughs> i definitely feel like recently i've learned a lot about ukraine via linkedin um like that was big today i've also learned a lot about people's personal lives and things that they maybe shouldn't be posting on linkedin um it's a really interesting world but people use links linkedin to like flirt yeah people are like sexting on there have you ever done that? Have I ever done sexting on LinkedIn? No. Um, but I, Why not? I would say I'm open to anything. <laughs> I mean, like, as far as, um, are you on any dating apps? I was. This has really become an interview episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to know, like, if they would, if you, if you could, like, rank the ones that you're aware of and then, like, put LinkedIn, like, in the 
I love you calling the me table. they to me to prove how much of an ally you are. <laughs> Wait, what did you want me to do? What was I putting in order? I, I wanted you to, to rank the, the dating apps that you're aware of, but put LinkedIn in there. Oh, okay. Well, um, I always enjoyed Bumble the most. Bumble was always my number one girl. I never did Hinge. She's a little too new for me. Um, so I would probably go Bumble, LinkedIn, and then Tinder, and then Grindr. I think Hinge is, like, bad, but um, it's the only one that I know of that lets you, like, do racial exclusion. So I like that. Like, you can be like, I don't want to see any white people, and then it won't show Thank you, you any white people. you for specifying white people so that we don't get killed. Well, what, what race would I want to exclude? I don't know. That's Uh-oh. your business. What you do in the bedroom is none of my business. <laughs> um yeah i just like i don't want to see them but i don't like them to me and i don't like that the people that are kin folk style aesthetic i mean i feel like like, it looks like linkedin like the and the the, the people that are on there are kind of like job interviewee like i mean who's the most notable person who's on hinge ben affleck is that true yes ben affleck was on hinge are either you and ryan Um, are you famous enough yet I had a Raya account, actually, because I got the invite from a friend a couple of years ago. I'm not famous, but I know I know people who are famous, I guess. And they were like, do you want to do you want to see what there is on there? Uh, And I took a look and it's kind of bad. Like, yeah, it's mostly celebrities are annoying, I think. Yeah, it's a lot of like um, Instagram baddies and um like the male equivalent of being an Instagram baddie. Um, and then like D list celebrities and like Amy Schumer. Um, Cause yeah, see, I would feel like the real celebrities have more of like a Jane Austen way of getting to know each other where they just like court each other dur- during like box okay. steps. I think the celebrities <laughs> do it. What I do, which is they use Instagram. Mm, right, 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 right. Yeah. I would say Cerise, anytime I go to like an attractive man who's like artsy and lives on the east coast cerise is following him already for sure (laughs) (laughs) posting so we're moving on to the episode now (laughs) i don't i don't know about any of that I well, would just like to say it is not easy about... to get a face crack out of Cerise, and I'm really proud of myself for that. <laughs> it's different it when we're it talking about well your done. personal things and it's versus my personal things. It's okay. just turning tables. It's a different now. thing. Yeah, I I don't like it when people do unto me as I have done to them. <laughs> it's kind, of, kind of like what Jesus said. You are a lot like Jesus. Don't we're cast both, stones or whatever. We're both Pisces. Um, me, Jesus Christ, Steve Jobs, John Draper, Light Yagami, um, Osama bin Laden, Chuck Norris. Me and Chuck and Osama all have the same birthday. I have Beyonce. Oh, okay, uh, whatever. I love to mention mm-hmm. uh, Fiona Apple and Abby Lee Miller. So <laughs> I, think, I feel like you and I both have like. I don't even know. Donald Trump? Oh, Kanye, Kanye yeah, West. Trump. Kanye, yeah. Kanye West. I feel like, and, and Azalea Banks. 
um, Naomi Campbell, I remember, is one. Yeah. This also is – I was going to introduce you as a Gemini because um, so far we've only had mutable signs as guest stars, and I'd I'd like to see that continue. That's so Um, interesting. Get all the other ones out of here. (laughs) What a trend. Wow. I'm so happy to continue it. Okay. But we we are talking about serious things today. We're talking about war, which is happening, um, and Instagram which is where the war is um, being uh, Where the real wars are fought. Created? It's where the real wars are fought. (laughs) It is where the real wars are fought. The the fights between hair bear vitamins and uh, (laughs) fucking goddamn, you know, squatty potties. Very true. Well, we've had had this episode idea, like, in the works for a little while. Mostly things, I think we... um, I know I just like proclaimed myself to be a hypocrite, but it's different. Um, we don't like it when other people are hypocritical. It's mm-hmm. fine when we are. Um, and so it's there, there's just so many people who love to make fun of like Facebook brain rot um, and like middle-aged people like reposting like bad political information like via minion memes or whatever. Um, but I feel like it's happening in plain sight to the millennials and to the zoomers that Instagram is turning everyone's brain into soup via the little Instagram infographics. And so we've kind of wanted to talk about it for a while because it's, it's happening. It's right there. But now it's like very timely because of the conflict that's happening between Russia and Ukraine. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but I'm already seeing so many. Oh, it came <laughs> so out in full many. force within 10 seconds. It's like mm-hmm. they had them on the back burner already. Um, I mean, I, I, if you were a TikTok fan of mine for a while, which if you are, you should leave. Um, yeah, we hate you. <laughs> we don't like you. Um, but if you were, you saw that I made a video about this months ago about the difference between like Facebook brain rot and Instagram brain rot and how it's just like they're you cannot have a generational divide that keeps you uh, from being immune to propaganda, unless, of course, you are us, in which case you are always immune to propaganda, your brain never absorbs bad information, and your third eye is always open. Um, but people got very mad at me for that. They were like, uh, you're just shaming people for where they get their information from and blah, blah, blah. I love the word shaming. <laughs> And the way it's just taken on a new form of just like anything you say that I do that might be bad for me is actually just you shaming me for my terrible, terrible decision making. Making me think critically is harassment. Not to be a Catholic, but this is the problem with the the Protestant ideology. Not now. No, I'm serious. I'm I'm serious because like, what's wrong with feeling a little shame? Maybe we it's need good. To bring back shame. Maybe it's good we to feel to some shame. shame. Maybe it's good to feel some guilt. Why don't you sit in that guilt and then do some penance? Yeah. Maybe try to atone. Feel it. Yeah. Sit in that. Sit in that feeling. Where Where is that shame in your body? As a therapist would ask. <laughs> But it should be a big old pit that just lives right in your heart. Even though we are on Instagram, maybe um, I have I have 
made myself completely immune to the propaganda and I'm not absorbing any of the bad information. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that while I, I know things, I'm like a, you know, like a foreign conflict, like knowledge haver. I know what's going on. I feel like this is not the place to do like an in-depth explainer of like what's happening between Russia and Ukraine because I feel like it would take so long. It's not really any of my business. I mean, that maybe it is. It's my business. It's not anyone else's business. Um, and it's... <laughs> I the, the Russia-Ukraine conflict is just Cerise's business and everyone else needs to leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if you, just, if you make... I'm the only one that needs to understand it. And I think, like, I don't know, the idea that you can get yourself um, informed, like, enough to then be, like, sharing opinions with other people um, within, like, the space that it takes to read, like, five slides of an Instagram story is, like, not that different from being, like, okay, like, this podcast that is, like, an hour long brought me up to speed. And I just don't think I can do that for anyone. And I don't want to try because it sounds bad but i will say that um you know like if you see something going around that's like um donate your money to the ukraine military um or like (laughs) um calling like nato like a force for good or calling russia like an imperialist country anything Uh, that might use say like a venmo or a paypal link uh, which uh, no one in Ukraine has, so um, they are taking your money, girl. Uh, if if you're well, they're if you're giving it and them they're putting money. it somewhere else, they're taking it and they're putting it somewhere else. We don't yeah. know where they're putting. Who the might be putting it? You know, they're just taking. You call him Feel and not Teal. I do. Is that That's wrong? Fine. Am I supposed I mean, to say Teal? I mean, either way, I'm okay. disrespecting. <laughs> you don't need to pronounce his name. Um, but yeah, if you if you see stuff like that. You should be critical of it. You probably shouldn't hit share, especially if you don't, if this is like the first time that you're hearing about something and then you read something that's like donate your money to the Ukraine military. You could like pause on that um, before yeah. <laughs> before sharing it to your Instagram audience of 500 people. There's, there's, I think, a problem with modern internet discourse and in that it exploits, uh, we said that people don't have shame, but they do certainly have guilt. And um, I think it, there's this sense of like internet discourse where like your guilt immediately needs to uh, power a fully formed immediate proclamation about complex issues of war, imperialism, and NATO, and conflict, and bigotry, and it is just, like, untrue. You can, in fact, have a strong stance against uh, American imperialism or general global imperialism and state violence and be vehemently anti-war and anti-bigotry and believe in what is right without needing to know everything. We spend a lot of time, I think, on this podcast as much as, like, you know, we talk about always being right, relishing in not knowing everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we spend a lot of time, you know, talking about how we like the fact that we can say things like, I don't know, um, because it allows us to go forward and learn things. You know, as as we said before, media literacy is a learned skill, 
but it's going to be um, something that is obfuscated uh, by things like Instagram infographics and Twitter threads and Tumblr donation links and TikTok live streams. Like these things are not going to be solved through uh, one-to-one donations. Uh, there's this one-to-one approach with activism that I think a lot of people uh, take in the face of tragedy uh, that can be, you know, helped in the face of like domestic or small-scale tragedy with bail funds and donation links and calling your senator. But like, and, and like people who have succeeded, who succeeded, frankly, in the realm of Instagram infographics in June of 2020, i.e., a lot of graphic designers and activist influencers, went on to translate that same model into global-scale geopolitical conflict. Um, that you can just donate your way out of um, feeling bad. And you just don't need to be wearing a shirt of hair and prying your eyes open to witness and to donate to be morally good. Okay. Um, I want to interrupt what we're saying to share um, something that a, a little pay pig just sent to us uh, or, or to me, which is an image of, um, allegedly, Ukrainians um, like standing in a line outside an ATM, but then this is how the person captioned it. Large lines at ATMs throughout Ukraine. Don't wait until a day like this where you live. It can happen anywhere. Hashtag Bitcoin. I literally but knew then- that. <laughs> but then the person crossed out bitcoin so this is like already a repost of a repost and they wrote hashtag ethereum so there's there's discourse happening among bitcoin the ethereum beef which <laughs> crypto can stop the war <laughs> which is it i think it's nft monkeys find uh-huh. out 11. <laughs> i'm i'm still workshopping a joke that has like BIPOC uh, as the punchline, but it stands for like Black Indigenous People of Crypto. Haven't figured out what the setup for that is, but when I get it, <laughs> I feel just like, know I feel like that we need to tweak, it'll be funny. Tweak it a little, like maybe Black Indigenous Payment of Crypto. Like, Ooh, I think we need to keep that's pretty good. Wait, but then does that Ooh. mean that they're like the Black and Indigenous people are paying other people? In crypto, because that's me, not babe, great. I don't know. I'm just here to bring a little flavor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, but your flavor is non-binary Ukrainian, and I don't know if that's the I flavor like that we want I, right I, now. My flavor is definitely non-binary Eastern European. I don't know, like Eastern Europe has gone through so much. I don't really know where my people are from, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But they're from the Would region. Would you, I can tell um, you that. like and next that time you guess to speak on this issue? Like. So next time you guessed, would you like take a twenty-three and me like on the podcast and like read out your results live? Would you spit in the cup for live us? Live results yeah. reveal on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really fun. I'm definitely down for that. <laughs> I'm okay, dying to send all some twenty-three and me. I will not. I will not do that. The cops will <laughs> never know what's in my DNA. Um, I don't want to know. But yeah, I think like okay, I'll never know what, what my, Kendall what's in my was saying is either. I think like. I wish I knew what my dogs were. Anyway, okay. Um, what Kendall was saying, I think is like really smart and very true that like you can just have like a principled like anti-imperialist, anti-war stance and you don't need to like 
absorb, um, I don't know, like pages and pages of text of information that's brand new to you to like feel qualified to have that stance. I feel like we saw that um, like fallacy of like information, whatever in, in the works like last year when Israel was being um, just like evil and genocidal um, and people were like, well, like unless you know uh, 2000 years <laughs> of conflict, like unless you can like explain all of these different pieces of history, like you're not qualified to say that it's bad for Israel to like bomb um, like Palestinian territory and displace people and like murder children. But it's you can actually just like say that things are bad um, without knowing all of those things. And I feel like we're seeing that again um, with this conflict with Russia and Ukraine, where if someone is like trying to take an anti-war stance, like people are already jumping with uh, like citations of Instagram infographics or like Twitter threads or something where it's explaining um, 100 years of history somehow in like bullet points. Um, and I just like, I don't think you need to do that. Um, it's like, it's fine. And as, as our boy Lenin said, like the only stance really that like a principled like communist should be taking during a time of war if you live in the imperial core is to oppose that war. And I, I have this quote that I think is funny because um, Lenin as a Taurus, I guess just like he doesn't he doesn't have any um, doesn't have any forgiveness for his enemies. Um, and well, let me find it. So okay. Trotsky it's very Piscean of him. I don't know if he yeah, is a Pisces, but it's a He's a Taurus. Oh, okay. He hates okay, he's a Taurus. I mean, this is the thing that, that Lenin and Marx both have in common is that they're Tauruses and that's why they were like that. Because, um, <laughs> like, the whole reason that we've got, like, communism in the first place is because Marx was in university and there were these boys going around calling themselves the young Hegelians. And Marx was like, you don't understand Hegel. I understand Hegel. How dare you say that you are a Hegelian when you don't understand him? Like, I understand him. Let me write. <laughs> and then he just kept doing it. And, and if he lived another, another 30 years, he would, like, still be writing about how his enemies were wrong. And so, like, that's kind of what Lenin was doing as well, where he is talking about um, what, like, communists should be doing during a war and this is like during the the context of world war one um so he says like during a reactionary war a revolutionary class cannot help but desire the defeat of its government this is disputed only by conscious partisans or helpless satellites of social chauvinists um and then he like quotes trotsky and he says like to desire russia's defeat trotsky writes is an uncalled for and absolutely unjustifiable concession to the political methodology of social patriotism, which would replace the revolutionary struggle against the war and the conditions causing it with an orientation um, towards the lesser evil. And then this is like where it gets really funny because he goes, this is an instance of high flown phraseology 
which uh, Trotsky always justifies opportunism. A revolutionary struggle against the war is merely an empty and meaningless exclamation, something at which the heroes of the Second International excel, unless it means revolutionary action against one's own government, even in wartime. One only has to do some thinking in order to understand this. Wartime revolutionary <laughs> action <laughs> against one's own government indubitably means not only desiring its defeat, but really facilitating such a defeat. And discerning reader note that this does not mean blowing up bridges, organizing unsuccessful strikes in war industries, and in general, helping the government defeat revolutionaries. So like, really what he's trying to say here um, is just that like, to desire like your your own government's defeat like in in a war does not mean that you're saying that you like want the other side to win but that like we cannot defeat imperialism without in, like first defeating in, an imperialist power so no matter what you like think of russia to want nato and the united states to like have more power right now is just not a very smart stance um and that's really like all i have to say about Ukraine and Russia. I love that he, I love that he said like to Trotsky, just like mm, you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he he does it again in another part where he's like the phrase bandying Trotsky has completely lost his bearings on a simple issue. That's <laughs> <laughs> literally how people subtweet. Lost the plot. <laughs> he's like mm, he's crazy. Would you say Lenin was gaslighting Trotsky? Yes or no. <laughs> He was just right. He was correct. He was Trotsky right. was wrong. He was right. But I just like. <laughs> he was like, oomph, will not shut up. <laughs> this bitch, I swear to God, can he shut up? Please. I think he did shut up eventually. Stalin, Stalin made that happen. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, you could say that he was, he was like canceled, but like correctly. Yeah. So he, well, he was deplatformed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know know what I think is funny is that like Frida Kahlo had a whole affair with Trotsky who then like literally Stalin had him killed and then she like went and painted a portrait of Stalin like that man could inspire zero loyalty except like actually uh, among uh, like the neocons like our, our boys Donald Rumsfeld and like Carl Rove and stuff. They were Trotskyists, and that's why they're like yes. that. They love him. They really do. Um, we're gonna get into the Iraq War pretty soon. Oh, so <laughs> soon. Think. But yeah, yeah like, so so soon. Like, like don't, don't worry, saying, lighter don't... things to come. Like. <laughs> <laughs> happened already but like i guess like canva they they work real fast on there because instagram is like Mm -hmm. flooded with like so many different little explainers and they all have the same font and they all have the same like corporate art style um like explaining oh the graphic designers at canva are making money (gasps) right now they love isn't canva's free to use yeah i'm saying the people who design the fonts like the font designers at canva Okay. I mean, you know, Canva gets paid. Let's not, not the font designers, but I do know that um, as of like past June, 2020, there were many, many graphic designers from Instagram who made careers 
that kind of launched off of their infographics mm-hmm. um, from June of 2020 when they started making lots and lots of different slides about like, I don't know, the history of racism in LA or like bail funds or things that they could do or like how to talk to your white parents uh, lots and lots of different like Helvetica fonts and, you know, bubble letters on salmon pink backgrounds that eventually launched their pretty successful uh, Instagram followings and then their pretty successful like careers as graphic designers. Quite a few that I like looked up and then looked at what they're doing now and quite a few of them are working on like big name brand projects for sneaker companies <laughs> and uh, social media companies and like making graphics for like journalism outlets because you know like a journalism outlet loves a good graphic mm-hmm. um i think a couple of them yeah, have made books too like i think there are books mm-hmm. that are like oh sort of social yeah awareness. but there's a there's for a sure. long a long tradition of like you know the the anti-racist to nike employee pipeline <laughs> i almost went down that pipeline you <laughs> did you did <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I think that, like, you can kind of tell, like, what's happening with all of these infographics where, like, regardless of what, uh, like, part of the political, like, spectrum they're coming from or how they get to this point, like, they're all kind of supporting the same idea, which is that, like, Russia is evil um, and that we need to, like, protect poor Ukraine especially like the last part like we uh in the united states or like in the west need to get involved um and we do, simply must do you gotta we gotta do something because things are bad so we can give money directly to the ukraine government i just saw someone post on instagram like an instagram link that goes like to like ukraine.gov yes, <laughs> yes and it's I like give them your money um (laughs) as well as like posts about like indigeneity and like autonomy and stuff but it's all like you know in different ways like giving you an explanation about what side that you should take and the side that's being promoted is the one that lines up with u.s interests yeah yeah and it's it's like, it's very frustrating to see. Just like, yeah, sure, let's give all our money to the Azov Battalion. That'll, like, solve the issue. We did it. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was the sign that George Bush put up again? Mission was, accomplished? It, mission accomplished. That was, you know, mission that was accomplished. like, uh, two years in or something. And I, I haven't checked on the Iraq War since then. But I think mm-hmm. that we might not have won that one. I don't think we did. No. It's funny because, like, they, they say, you know, did those... Did something problematic? George? Or Iraq? Yeah. George. I think he did something problematic, but I can't remember I what. I a little gaslighty mm-hmm. of him. No, I think yeah. he might actually... I think he might be, uh, like, he might be an SJW because <gasps> he, he put out that thing about, like, listening to, like, black voices and stuff. Um, in 2020, which is SJW, SJW, which was just hilarious because that man, I'm pretty sure, was not listening to any black voices during Hurricane Katrina. But he said that when Kanye told him that he doesn't care about black people, that that was the worst moment of his presidency, like worse than 9 11, I guess. Um, (laughs) 
Well, he, he did that one, so he knew it was going to oh happen. He didn't, plan, he didn't plan. Literally, the last two Kanye. minutes is why you got that comment from someone being like, I'm confused about the intersectionality of this podcast. <laughs> People are confused, but you know what? It's on purpose. I'm not confused about the intersectionality. I know I know where I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, you made a privileged tier list right at the beginning of this episode. So you mm-hmm. got your finger on the mm-hmm. pulse, for sure. Yeah. I, would you agree that the order is Kendall and then you and then me? Mm, I don't It seems like Kendall maybe has more generational wealth than I do. But I read as a man to most people. So I feel like maybe I'm above... I'm above. I think that that's not privilege, and in fact, is oppression. <laughs> well, there we have we have some Instagram slides about this. If you really want to get into yeah. it, those are coming later. I have. <laughs> We've got to get through the Iraq War first, Kendall. I have a structure for this episode that I planned, kind of. But yeah, I don't know. They they said that if. You don't remember history. You've got to repeat it. When you say they, are you talking about me again, or who are you talking about? Like, I think, like, big history. You know, like, historians, they want you to give them jobs. And Mm -hmm. they say that if you don't, like, you're going to repeat history. And we defunded the schools during No Child Left Behind and then Common Core. So we're repeating the Iraq War already. So it's 2001 again this year, which kind of sucks. I wish that we could, I mean, I guess if it's going to happen, no, I don't, there's not really a time where I would be okay with the Iraq war repeating itself, but it is interesting to see the exact same dynamics like play out where like the, like the liberal left is sort of like hemming and hawing and being like, Ooh, like we don't really want a war. But like maybe Russia's so mean. They're so mean to women. They're mean to everyone. Yeah. Do you want women to face oppression overseas? We have to stop oppression overseas with guns. Okay. Um, So you're gonna be glad that I didn't let you get me off on a tangent because I have an assignment (laughs) for both of you that you're gonna like, which is that we need to assign the architects of the Iraq War new pronouns based on vibes so sounds really i want to we got yeah we got to start with george bush they them why i i just feel it um it's something about just like there's something about his affability that i just find very familiar and very comforting um you know the kind of affability that you can have a beer with but also don't um because they're clearly uh an alcoholic um <laughs> like a kombucha which is the most they them yeah. of beer com- yeah I, I feel i feel like he'd like kombucha you know so i'm feeling a they them love a lavender okay. kombucha. he paints also i think i agree with kendall because specifically him going really all in on making painting his thing but not being good at it is very mm-hmm. non-binary vibes he might as well be making like poetry zines, Completely. you know. <laughs> Completely. Okay. Um, what about uh, Carl Rove? Rove is a great uh, kinda... non-binary name. <laughs> yeah, like we drop the Carl yeah. and he just goes yeah, Rove. Just Rove. 
Okay, so is Carl Rove also they them because they've got a great non-binary name? What you think? He does feel he they. Yeah, Big he's a he bad they. boy. They. Yeah. What about Dick Cheney? Ooh, strong he they, but like ultra mask. Honestly, <laughs> <see> him lesbian. <laughs> oh, he him lesbian. I do love that. I love that for him. Do you remember when Dick Cheney shot a guy? Yeah. Yes, I do. I feel when, like, when have I not remembered? Is that something that a lesbian would do? I guess lesbians do like to have like, guns. No, I don't associate yeah, lesbians get to have with guns. lesbians. So maybe he's not a he him mm-hmm. lesbian. Maybe he's just a he him. I think he. I think he's a non-binary he him. Yeah. You I know what that. I mean? Like Drake? I feel like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dick Cheney and Drake very similar agree. energy to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like Dick Cheney would also do that little mirror pose, mm-hmm. like a little meow meow. I don't think that Drake has it in him to shoot a guy, even like accidentally. But I think he otherwise, got shot. Did... that's true. He did, he did get shot. <laughs> they both ended up in wheelchairs eventually. That's uh, true. Drake and Dick Cheney. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, um, I think you're going to have to look up what this guy looks like, um, but okay. do you know who Paul Bremer is? No. Oh, I've heard the name before. Okay. He's I, great. There's a really fun photo, because like, he got declared the governor of Iraq oh, after like George Bush like, destabilized the country and they needed a leader, and I guess even though we... Um, like supposedly invaded Iraq and uh, did all the things that we did to establish democracy. We were like, but not yet. We're going to give you a guy. And so they put Paul Bremer in charge and then he wore his Timberlands. Um, but say so dance. Yeah. What are, <laughs> what are his pronouns? Oh, um, this is just the most like I- cisgender man I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> This is just fully a cis man. I mean, if like, the, if the vibes are cis men, like we don't need to give them new new pronouns. We can just reset the pronouns they already have. Yeah, it's it's a he him. Yeah, for we're like me. plus one um, his assigned gender. Yeah, <laughs> it's he him, but like extra he him, like a side of he him on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like you. So can't so far we we haven't gotten man. we haven't gotten a single she her. Um, maybe. Maybe this last character will ch- will change that. What about Donald Rumsfeld? Mm. She they. Really? I feel it. I just feel it in my bones. I can't explain it. There's something just spiritual about it. Um. Yeah, I just I'm feeling I'm feeling a she they. On that I front, think it's like this his strong facial structure. There's like an androgyny mm-hmm. to it. The cheekbones, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Condoleezza Rice, absolute she they. 100%. Completely. Like, putting that in right now. Donald, you know what? Hmm. I'm thinking, like, it's 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 she they or they them for me, I think. Cerise, is Barbara Bush on the list? I'd love to chat about her. Yeah. <laughs> What do you I, well okay? What do you have to say about Barbara Bush? I think I think Donald Rumsfeld is she they because I feel like Donald Rumsfeld really like embodies the um, like the divine feminine um, <laughs> because like the divine feminine is all about <laughs> like 
like unharnessed like chaos right and you like need a man who has the divine masculine to sort of like to harness that chaos to give it structure um and to to create something with it and it's like through the combination of the divine feminine and the divine masculine that you like have um anything and like that's where so that's rumsfeld um, and you know like I yeah. think I think that's like Rumsfeld and pro- maybe like Bush or Bremer, yeah, because it's like together they created the Iraq War. Because Rumsfeld obviously is embodying like chaos and the and just like the void with his speech about the the known knowns and the known unknowns. He's like, you know, everything's just vibes. Like, who knows what's out there? And then Paul Bremer is kind of coming in and being like, let me take that energy. And destabilize an entire country. Yeah, take that vibe. Do you see? Do you time. see Donald just like improperly using like a tarot deck, not really knowing a lot about tarot, and then just like picking up like the hierophant, going just like you know, there's known knowns and there's unknowns. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just being like, oh, a ten of cups, you know, just like the known knowns. Um, <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld with like a okay. she day like snake tattoo down his arm. <laughs> okay, so I have a little piece of gossip, a little story, um, which is that my professor, Sarah Elton Towie, I'm revealing her as the source of my gossip. I hope that that's okay. Um, she's great. Sure if you live fine. if you live in New York, and you go to Fordham University, you should take a class with her. Um, If you don't live in New York, congratulations. Um, And you can get her book, like, it's called like Sharia in Nigeria or something. It's great. I've read it. I forget the title of it. But she went to university with the guy that wrote the known knowns and known unknown speech for Donald Rumsfeld. And the story behind it is like, you know, he was creating or like he posited this theory of like there is the axis of evil like there are these countries that are like like a redux of uh the the axis powers um in world war ii that like obviously like wreaked a lot of havoc on the world and you know we're like committing genocides um and so we're like trying to create this parallel between what was happening then and what's happening now to justify invading iraq and like placing Iraq in in that context, um, and so the countries that were named were Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. But initially, <laughs> they had named um, Iran, Iraq, and Syria. But then, I guess in the drafting process, someone noticed that these were all like Middle East um, Muslim countries, and they were like this might look like bad this might look like we're um like doing a crusade so that was how they they subbed out syria with north korea um which is really mighty north korea there we go yeah like we get we (laughs) guess so there we go throw a dart (laughs) at the board but you know if they they had left syria in there we probably would have lost the iraq war much faster because when people go up against assad they just they don't win it's an automatic L mm-hmm. plus ratio. pronoun check. She, her, perhaps. Ooh. Yeah. Why she not? Her. 
Divine feminine. Let's go. You know, no one can like, beat the divine feminine. His name means like the lion, which is cool. Ooh, a Leo. Ooh, I don't. I don't know what <laughs> his birthday is. Um, um, okay, wait. So we were talking. We were talking about misinformation, um, <laughs> which we were causing. This is no. I, the the pronouns thing is truthful. Um, but yeah. like we were connecting this initially with like Facebook and the way that like a lot of misinformation is spread on Facebook and QAnon I think is like really taken off there, which even though it like comes originally from 8chan, why is it on 8chan and not 4chan? Do you know? Um, I do know that 8chan is somehow different from 4chan, although I forget the reason why I do believe that. Oh, 8chan like... has less censorship. Which, if you can yeah, imagine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, HN has less censorship, and it's also, I think, a little more anonymous. There's something about like IP addresses or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do know that HN is less censored, and uh, specifically, their their like politics chat is less censored specifically. Um, okay, well, so. all of the like little HN posts from Q like get screenshotted and posted on Facebook or like the text gets like overlaid over like an image of Trump looking like really heroic or something and then posted on Facebook and then like middle-aged evangelicals share it over and over and that's really why like QAnon has taken off so much and like less because it was on 8chan I think if it just stayed on there we probably wouldn't hear about it um but like Facebook is really a perfect place for misinformation because you can just have images like completely floating stripped from context and like if you have any sort of debate about it with like the person that posted it it stays in separate comment sections for each post um and so it's just like very easy for things that have incorrect information or like misleading info or just like stuff that's like flat out wrong to be shared everywhere and that's like kind of by design because facebook wants you to stay on it for as long as possible and it's important like for Facebook to make you feel like this is an important place for it to go to, to like get information and to like have a good time. Um, And so like it could, you know, like structure its site in a way that like allowed people to like debunk things more easily, but that would be like against it's, it's a similar reason would be good for Facebook as a business design of just, yeah, I mean, it's similar to the their UX design that specifically uh, gives you false notifications, um, where it just tells you, like, so-and-so posted this, rather than giving you ones that are directly related to whatever you posted, or whatever um, you uh, directly, someone is interacting with, like, your content on Facebook. Um, and in giving these false notifications, it gives you related content, uh, due to like algorithmic concerns. So if they believe that you think you'd like this like new post by this person um, who happens to be a staunch QAnon supporter with a public Facebook account, then they're just gonna give you a notification for that. Um, UX design is a huge, like dark UX design is a huge, huge part of, um, of current propaganda on social media and how it works. Um, like Cerise said, there's uh, just a myriad of ways that every single social media site wants you to, uh, keeps you on it. But like the main goal is to keep you on there as long as possible and keep you from fact checking. 
Uh, TikTok is a huge example of this. It's a UX design of like is incredibly addicting. It is just an endless stream of content. Um, and the only way to get past that content is to just look at more content. Um, there is like absolutely no break from like the specific type of content you get. I, as someone who creates on TikTok, um, it, like, is, it fosters, yeah, ugh. Tomatoes, tomatoes. I don't like it either, but you know what? Anything <laughs> to get those pod dollars up anyway. But um, uh, I've noticed that like specifically if I'm going to look at DMs from friends and from mutuals on TikTok, I have to go into the tab that is specifically just for notifications. Mm-hmm. And if I, uh, unlike Twitter where I can like mute posts like certain post notifications and i just don't see them in my notification bar at all i see every single notification it all comes up in the same place i cannot mute it at all i can only mute push notifications on my phone but not notifications within the app and if i want to go talk to my friends i'm going to see some dumbass fucking comments first like they want me to see that they want me to keep arguing they want me to keep talking to people they want me to keep interacting it doesn't matter what the content is what matters is the amount of interaction that then they can share to their shareholders and we go look at all this interaction we get it doesn't matter what kind of interaction good or bad um like dark ux is a major major part of um propaganda and how it works um these websites want interaction they don't care how they get it uh when you use words like UX, like you sound so smart to me. <laughs> I, I'm like, what thing, are they I'm talking like, about? Here's the thing. I'm not a STEM major, but I, uh-huh. I, I am somebody who thinks about tech in like a sociological sense, which is something that a lot of tech majors Ooh. do not do. Uh, sociological <laughs> is another one of those words where it's like, ooh, what are they saying? That's underneath that mystery. <laughs> but it's you know user design like design that is specifically meant for how users interact with things is a major part of how propaganda works like in a modern context like you want and it's 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 it comes from a very basic place of like even just like old school propaganda posters when they were designing the propaganda poster they decided how are we going to exploit a certain person's belief a certain person's bigotry or a certain person's fear or their lust or their desires you get that with ads, you get that with propaganda. It's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the important thing is to realize that like um, one Twitter thread, one TikTok live stream, one Instagram slide post is not going to give you all the information you need, um, but it's going to want to keep feeding those to you over and over again because they think if you they think you think that if you just get multiple, multiple posts from the same website that eventually... Uh, You'll feel like you're informed. I, I am. Oh, go I ahead. I want to ask if you, if either of you relate to this, but I feel like what Kendall just described is the reason that I have consistently used Twitter more than any other social media platform mm-hmm. is because I can actually curate a following list and it doesn't do the whole Facebook or TikTok thing of just injecting content. It's like, I actually get to have my own experience on Twitter that I control versus like... Like Kendall said with TikTok, like it feeds me things that it knows will make me mad enough to open up the comments and type something, um, which mm-hmm. is horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like TikTok. I don't like that I don't know how the algorithm works and that like They're I very am cagey about it. They well, do and, not want you to know. And also just like that I am like beholden to the algorithm to like see things. Um, I don't. I don't care for that. And it like kind of skews me out. I, 
I don't like Twitter very much, but I feel that way about like Tumblr where it's still like chronological um, and I get to see what I want to see. And there is not really anything like being promoted to me by way of posts um, or accounts to follow. There also are and I like decorum that... rules on Tumblr. Like, Logs will it's also it, it is also about the decorum on Tumblr. The culture that's been fostered yeah. there is very much about like um, posts will cycle through, and then like misinformation will cycle cycle through, and then the post correcting the misinformation will all be in the same place. So it'll be someone responding to that, and then that will cycle through. Yeah, so it's I love those where I I learn I read it, and I'm like, oh, I've learned. Nothing. I will say, you know, in order, to, in order to be, you know, objective, I will say that, like, I have seen a lot of Tumblr posts being like, let's donate to the Ukrainian military this yeah. week, so. I, I mean, I was seeing people on TikTok saying that they get their information from Tumblr, and as much as I enjoy being on Tumblr, I don't really think that you should be relying on any form of social media for your news, but you really can't be saying that Tumblr is a place that is not, like, rife with misinformation. Like, that's the website... <laughs> that created infinite chocolate that created alexandria's genesis like Purple, i know period very very recently tumblr somehow managed to convince people that jesus was a trans man by like creating a fake bible quote that implied that like jesus had like top surgery scars and you could just Google the Bible passage that they quoted and you would see that it doesn't say that, but no one did that. And they were like, damn, I can't believe that they were hiding it from us. Like the <laughs> evangelical Christians don't, they don't want you to know that Jesus was a trans man. So I just don't, I, you know, like some of, some of them are worse than others. Like I think Instagram, Facebook and TikTok are definitely more likely to send you down like a misinformation rabbit hole but i don't think that any of the like social media spaces are are good for learning things no and it's 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 frustrating because i feel like at the same time that we're getting misinformation we're also being told that we should be happy with it <laughs> um that like it's actually your fault if your algorithm sends you down a misinformation path um, like, it's actually, like, like, that I, I have been told this week, like, oh, well, it, actually, I'm, I'm getting videos on Ukraine, and if you aren't, that's actually your fault, because you're not being informed enough, and you're implying, like, a moralistic framework to, uh, something that is, like, proven, like TikTok, to suppress content whenever it sees fit, mm -hmm. so, um, to, to imply that it is, like, an individual person's, like, responsibility always to, uh, like, just curate their algorithm enough so that it just shows you the yeah, right people thing. People are weirdly protective over their TikTok algorithm or, like, proud yeah. of it. Like, it's, I don't it's care. It's very odd. It's um, odd. <laughs> but okay, I brought like I brought up Facebook because like Instagram and Facebook are part of the same company. And I don't yes. think that Instagram shows this anywhere. But on Facebook, you can find what Facebook thinks your political views are. And that determines like what kinds of things it shows you. Um, like whether it's like posts that you're going to like get angry at, as well as like things that are going to be like attractive and make you want to share them. When I had a Facebook account, I checked it. 
and it had me listed as um, extreme liberal. But I guess that that's maybe because like communist isn't one of the available options. I hope. I hope that there, like, if there is a communist option, I guess I don't want Facebook to know that about me. But I don't like the idea of being I think they might get extreme liberal either. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably for the best that they don't know that maybe or that they don't have that as a category. But you can like assume at least that Instagram is keeping the same kind of information about you. And that like things are going to get promoted to you in your explore page or like show up first in the stories that you see based on that information. And like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Tumblr, like I guess Facebook also, like they've all been important in, in bringing communities together and like keeping them informed. So it makes sense that those same communities would be exploited to spread propaganda. And Instagram is kind of like really perfect for this because still at least at this moment you can't include more than one link in like a single story um like each page can only have one and if you include a link in the caption of anything it doesn't actually take you anywhere so you have to manually copy and paste it to visit a site and like kendall was talking about with the way that like a um an app or a website is designed like that's obviously intentional if instagram wanted to make links in co like in comment sections or in captions work as links they could um and they haven't for a reason so that it like number one limits the amount of citations that you can use in a post that are easily referenceable and it also creates just this like instant barrier in the experience of seeing the post to actually checking the citation and instagram knows that People don't like to click on links. Um, <laughs> I don't like to click on links. Um, and people don't like to click on links that like take them off the app. People definitely don't want to copy and paste like multiple links to cross-reference something. And that's like part Especially of the design. Text that like uh, refuses to be like, you know, hyper hyperlinked mm -hmm. and like and selected. Like a lot of Instagram text is in a photograph, which just will not like copy and paste so a lot of it's just gonna have to be manually typed <laughs> which right. like is even more like i guess like not i wouldn't call it labor but i would call it just like steps. it just creates a barrier and i think like the more steps between you and being able to check a reference like the less likely that someone is going to do that um which i think like obviously instagram would be aware of like what makes like someone's experience of navigating a, like a website or an app easy or difficult um and that kind of makes like infographics really perfect for spreading propaganda because the account that posts that like piece of information gets to really control the conversation they have the power to manage comments because they can just like delete things that turn disagree or like yeah or turn them off completely also like I feel like when I see someone that reposts um, like a misleading infographic to their story, um, I am more likely to message that person directly and have a conversation with them about what it is that they shared than I am to like go into the comment section and be like, this is wrong. And I think that that's like probably how most people interact with those things. And so like, while you might be able to reach your friend as an individual person, it also like contains the conversation, which means that something can get shared like thousands of times by like 
thousands of people and also like debunked maybe like dozens of times without that having an effect on the virality of that post um and something that i know that kendall and i to it to be honest yeah (laughs) yeah probably and something Um, that kendall and i want to like talk about in a future episode is that like instagram and facebook um and i think twitter as well have like partnered with fact-checking websites like snopes that um i think can give people the false impression that if something that someone shares doesn't trigger the little disclaimer of like hey like this is fake then that means that what they shared actually is like truthful because if it wasn't then <laughs> it would you know you wouldn't get that like no right and <laughs> so yeah it's just like there's there's like a bunch of like built-in problems with the way that instagram like allows you to share and post things that make it a really perfect place for like spreading this information yeah i mean we'll we'll get into snopes one day um they are next episode baby yeah one of our nemesis (laughs) nemeses um and they're coming up like you know it ends it ends tomorrow watch your fucking back actually though uh (laughs) it's you know um god we'll talk about snopes at some other time but um like next episode baby it's coming but, you know, like Siri said, that they are anti-citational by design, and it sucks, because, like, that's how citations, we use citations all the time on this podcast, if you actually, if you hogs actually click on our, <laughs> they probably don't. On, our on our descriptions, you'll see they that we, don't. we cite everything. I spend don't. a lot of time doing that. I know, and you should keep doing it, but people don't like to click on links. It. I'm going to keep doing it, but just we're so smart. you know, there's... There's lots and lots of links, citations, people, how you make knowledge common, like, that's how you democratize information, yeah. is by making it easy and accessible. It's why we always link to, it's why I spend a lot of time <laughs> trying to find free PDFs of a lot of the books that Suri cites. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's actually not too hard because a lot of the books you cite are actually pretty popular and have a lot of PDFs. Well, okay. But... Oh, wow. <laughs> saying that's bad i'm saying that's good is that you know you're citing lenin for fuck's sake like yeah no one's heard of him he's he's an unknown uh he's an unknown no. mm-hmm. he only has like three reviews on pitchfork like he's very unknown uh-huh uh but yeah um you know it's how you democratize information you share where you got your information how you got there um we spend a lot of time with a lot of our friends just reading through information together book clubs are actually very very fun and if you feel like oh like people are telling me to read theory and theory is actually really hard because if you like what if somebody was poor and then they don't understand (laughs) big words blah 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 you could actually just start a little reading group with your friends and then you could all kind of yeah but like what is what if they're too poor to afford a dictionary to look up words? Oh my god, oh my god. I feel like you haven't considered all sides of this issue. Oh my god, I haven't considered it. Oh mm-hmm. The person offering that example is, like, never the person in that situation. <laughs> it's never the person yeah. in that situation. It's when always it- some, like, m- middle-class, like, teenager who's telling me that I'm being ableist. <laughs> When I was in college, this was my favorite thing that people did when they, like, didn't do the reading. And then they'd be like, well, the reason I didn't do it is because, like, I don't think it's accessible to working class people. It's like, how would you know that if you haven't even read it? Also, like, (laughs) 
like we're we're all here like you you might as well yeah, this is what you're here to do babe. Tr- try yeah <laughs> You're paying like five hundred dollars for this class right now. So but I like the idea of like throwing the the global proletariat under the bus so that you don't have to read like <laughs> Moby Dick or something. <laughs> oh, reading Jane Austen is actually really classic. Do they assign Jane Austen in college? Uh, That's I like a children's book. <laughs> it is. It's for babies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God. Jane Austen fucking might as well be reading friend. the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> I mean, I I like Jane Austen, but like I oh, read yeah. Pride and Prejudice when I was like ten. I don't know if we need to be like need to be reading that in the college classroom. We got to get our money's worth. Student loans are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay, but it is it is it, you know how you got there. You give other people the opportunity to learn information from like. What you did, you reach your own conclusions. Like we said, media literacy is a learned skill, but you it's actually pretty simple to teach it to other people um, via just your own actions, right? And yeah. you can them add their voice to the conversation, contest your own point, talk to each other, hopefully in a in a productive context. Um, mm, I don't <laughs> agree with being productive. But okay, what if got a little what if scenario for you? What if I was a federal agent okay Okay. Okay. which i'm not but like what if i was i'm really stretching my imagination here Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh i work for like maybe this the cia i just finished like putting together the curriculum for an mfa program I'm and just I'm, imagining you stomping through the halls of the CIA in, mm-hmm. your, in your platform. And I'm done doing that. And now I want to I want to manufacture a little consent um, Ooh, for oh, okay. for a little foreign intervention, maybe in a state that is inconvenient um, to the to the goals of the United States. Maybe maybe the state's aligned with some of my political enemies. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, You're so valid. It's thank you. Um, and like we've got all of our legacy media shored up, you know, like the New York Crimes, they're already they're ready to say yes to mm-hmm. any idea for a war that we throw at them. And like the Fox Newses and the Breitbart's, they're gonna hem and haw a little bit because they don't want Biden to get that W. But they're gonna come around eventually and use it as a way to be like, uh, we need a strong Republican president to show America's might. And support the military, like military intervention that way. But how would I, federal agent, <laughs> Cerise, uh, how would I reach the Zoomers and the millennials who have moved away from getting their news in a traditional way? Well, that's like, they that's, no you longer, know. They no longer watch The Daily Show. They go they on don't. TikTok. John um, Stewart's coming back, though. He's got like a, like a right. podcast or something. Fault. Let's Ugh. just start there. Everything we're talking about today. <laughs> This is all on Jon Stewart. Yeah, it is. It's his fault. Really? I like. I don't really remember what he did. The state of like so. comedians becoming our de facto political commentators. That's on him. Like he yeah. jail for that jail. <laughs> True. I guess I like. I want to defend him because he's from New Jersey, but I never watched The Daily Show. Oh, don't, you don't want to defend him. I'm telling you no, that right now. No, he actually seems like he does good things. He seems like a good person. He does some good but, things. Um, he, 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 ruined he works with media. the firefighters to get but healthcare. He, he, did he choose Trevor Noah? 
I think he did. Because I don't like that man. I think he did. Okay. I'm very attracted to Trevor Noah. I really have nothing else to say about him. <laughs> <laughs> I have things... I have things to say about Trevor Noah, but I'm going to hold off until the biracial Hunger Games episode. Yeah, that's coming up. I'm, um, but I'm not a, I'm really glad I'm not, not going to be here for that, that man. one. <laughs> well, you, you can't, because you're just Ukrainian. You're a non-binary Ukrainian, but you're not any and other so races, Kendall, are you? What are Kendall's races? I'm French. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> every I time know. you say that, every time you say it, I'm shocked all over again I, and upset. B- believe me, it shocked me the first time I had to hear it. My great grandfather's name was Frank. Frank the Frenchman, literally. Like that's like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm mad about yeah. it, to be honest. His name's Frank. Are you kidding me? Anyway, um, the the dead silence. Like you're already like. Yeah, oh. I just I don't. You know how I feel about French people. I know, I know. But you forgive you forgive me, right? In a sense. At yeah. Least you're not, like, I mean, you hang out with me. That's like. Like that would be. So worse. okay. That's like passive acceptance. Gonna give a shout out to friend of the podcast, um, Ben N95 Mask, who you can, with spelled with a C, who's on Twitter. You can find him that way, but. Um, he revealed to me that he's like the most unforgivable ethnicity and I had to just like accept it because he gives us five dollars um but I really don't care for it he's he's white South African oh wow okay and that was really testing my limits because it's like how much do I want five (laughs) dollars a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah enough to betray your values like enough to betray my ancestors, really. And so I, I have to think about it. Um, I don't think it's great. Um, anyway. Then um, better fucking up that <laughs> monthly donation before it's too late. Yeah, maybe if it's like 15, maybe we need, then you got to get in on the, on the feet here. I'm talking to you yeah. directly. I know that you're listening. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. If you're a federal agent, you want to get in contact with with the millennials and the, the Zoomers and get some manufactured consent going. You're going to have to go to TikTok. You're going to have to go to Instagram, especially Instagram if you want to get the millennials because they're mm-hmm. all there. Um, Can they're I... moving to TikTok. It feels more like LinkedIn on there right now. There's mm-hmm. just so many old people. Um, and they're all trying to like vie for their spot as like a micro celebrity and influencer. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. Kenny, do you wanna do you wanna read uh, the the criteria for um, like editorial bias, like just the italicized parts? Yeah, we have uh, notes. Sorry. We take notes for the episodes. We okay, you might get on tangents regularly, but we have plans. You should see some of our notes, Shut ladies up. and gentlemen, and, <laughs> and them. So we have so many Babies. notes that we don't even get to. So manufactured consent. An editorial bias looks like size, ownership, and profit orientation, the advertising license to do business, sourcing mass media news, um, and uh, flack and enforcers. Yeah, and like, okay, this unfortunately comes from Noam Chomsky, who has none of my respect, but- oh, I, I forgot, also, anti-communism and the war on terror, so. Yeah. I think that one's pretty important for our, our views anyway. But it's, it's basically just the idea that, like, 
without ha like anything having to like overtly or explicitly come from the state like it can um very much like toe the party line um by just like like for example with size ownership and profit dominate or orientation like who owns uh the media or like the media that you're consuming um what are their financial interests and like would they be willing or do they have the ability to betray those financial interests like in order to share different pieces of information or like what advertisers are they working with we can kind of see that with our friend um jonathan van ness not that he is the media but like hey. <laughs> wait i thought that jonathan van ness was like i'm non-binary but i use he pronouns i think, I think last time i heard it was like a, he, a while. She situation it was like an all pronoun situation. oh i thought it was just a they them situation it's okay. been a while since i've checked up on jonathan's pronouns but i guess i'll use i'll use they for them anyway that like obviously jonathan has many many sponsorships um that they are beholden to it at any given point in time and so that's going to like have an impact on what kind of information um, Jonathan will share with us as well as like what kinds of um, like stances they're going to take and this is why we keep calling Riley a non-binary Ukrainian <laughs> because, because it's uh, true first of all <laughs> yeah it, it is true you're not like is it race faking if it's European I think it's kind of ethnicity faking like, it's anything it? goes with your Okay, yeah. but you're not doing that. You're being truthful. Yeah. But yeah, in a way. Vice, I, Vice, like, sent Sean Penn to, like, or is, I, like, working with Sean Penn, I don't know, to do, like, a documentary on what's happening with Russia and Ukraine right now. And so, like, Sean Penn is currently in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan Van Ness was like, I hope a non-binary Ukrainian saves his stupid ass. Um and so you can see the the um, the whirlwind of Jonathan's sponsorships um, <laughs> are are all converging. Yeah, they're all converging um, at, with this one point of you know I I hope a non-binary Ukrainian intervenes and saves Sean Penn. I so I has to so save him, not you know. If I you know if I was the non-binary you know we have the non-binary Ukrainian here, Riley. What would you do to send, would you save Sean Penn or would you help? Oh my god, this is so much pressure. I feel like this is like an Avatar: The Last Airbender situation. There's one non-binary Ukrainian who has to save us all. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I'm sure Sean Penn has done something problematic that I'm like oh, going to get canceled for not super knowing. problematic. Sean Penn tied Madonna to a chair Very and beat her with a baseball bat. So, I mean, problematic is not really. Then I. That's that. That's actually just abuse. I'm recording on my mm -hmm. phone and yelling "World Star." Yeah, I would join yeah. in. I think if if a Russian was yeah, beating kicking. up Sean Penn, I would join. Mm -hmm. it's but those aren't Jonathan Van Ness's beliefs. They can't take yeah. a stance um, in favor of violence because mm -hmm. then, like the Essie nail polish brand, will will drop them. TJ Maxanista will just will just take away that card. They did like a poop ad card not that long ago about like yeah yeah. None it's of those none of those brands are anti-imperialist. 
yeah, I, I have, I highly doubt that Poopery, the uh, toilet after scent brand. Poopery's uh, going to make money off of Russia. They're the official. <laughs> they so? want you to, yeah, they want you to send Bitcoin to like non-binary <laughs> Ukrainians, Poopery but it's going to go straight to them. Yeah. <laughs> send it right now before it's too late. Taking yeah. my taking my BMs and knowing that I'm helping the Ukrainians, like. <laughs> so I feel like okay, if like if I'm the federal agent, I'm working with, like a they them. Don okay. Draper. Okay. Who works? God, I wish this like, was me. <laughs> and, and this like this they them Don Draper maybe like is the the graphic designer for Occupy Democrats. Um. And they've got to put out like an Instagram infographic that's like, here's what you need to know about uh, Ukraine and Russia. And I feel like like there's a reason why they all look the same way, like why they all have this like weirdly like corporatized like art. And I think it's because like borrowing the art style of um, like of corporate America, like kind of gives whatever it is that they're about to say this like. um like position of authority because it like it looks like it's coming from a boss um and so like no matter what um like is like the actual information that's that's in it like they all have this sort of like same look and so they can have like each post can have a unique audience depending on what account it's coming from and can use like different genres of jargon in order to place itself like within the group of its audience like using ukraine as an example i'm already seeing like like the occupy democrats um using or like reviving the like language of like russia gate and like the anti-trump like terminology of 2016-2017 to support um like u.s intervention um in russia um or the, for those who are, like, catering to, like, I'm using air quotes, like, leftists, and then, like, in parentheses, I'm saying, like, derogatory. Um, <laughs> like, there's, like, language about, like, agency and autonomy and, like, indigeneity and stuff. Mutual like, aid, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give mutual aid to Ukrainians via Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> Equity, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I found this like, well, uh, like reactionary infographic account that I think is really fun. I like check on its posts every so often. That's called like unwoke narrative. Um, and they have these like really amazing explainers of like every, everything from like, what is critical race theory to like, here's how the election was stolen and so they they have been putting out some really funny Ukraine posts because they're both like they're pro war, but they also don't want Biden to be the one that like goes to war and wins the war because that'll make Biden look good. I don't know if you know this, but like there's never been when when we go to war as a country, um, the president who is like leading that never loses their midterm. Yep. It's like a like a sure win. So like they don't really want it for that reason. But if Biden could lose in twenty twenty four, like then we could go to war. So they're sort of like 
planting the seeds now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all use the same art style. It's really funny. And, <laughs> and it is just like this shortcut to conveying authority because it does like borrow that style from corporate America and it like immediately establishes the trust. The, the like line, the lines, and even just like the spacing is all like the same. It's like down to the letter. Um, Riley, is I, this what you do? Is this what you make? Yeah. Do you look um, at? I don't make anything about like geopolitical complex generally, I would say. Um, it's a little softer than that, a little lower state. Mm-hmm. But it's. It, like what? Well. <laughs> I don't talks your job. I don't want to give the specifics on the podcast. But yeah. No, but I think it sincerely is it's the same thing. It's literally just corporate content marketing. Like it's the same thing that me and a thousand other like people with writing degrees are doing as our jobs against our will. You know, like it's it's the same principles to like spread these ideas because like you said it legitimizes it. Like people are familiar with the Kendall just pulling out that little, that little hand. <laughs> Kendall, you're de- you're causing problems. I'm deplatforming. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we have uh, non-binary voices who are speaking on their lived experiences in their own words, and you are interrupting. There's a non-binary little. I'm literally just fidgeting. Like I have a bunch of these little stupid toys that oh, I play okay. with under the desk usually. So now you're blaming your neurodivergent (laughs) identity for interrupting non-binary voices. I think at this moment, Kendall, your autism is a flautism. autism is a flawed oh at this moment. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so sorry, guys. You, you were saying something and I'd like to create space Thank you. for you to finish what you were saying. I also the love the, the switch to plural that always happens. It's like just interrupting one non-binary person becomes non-binary voices. Like it just That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, because if Kendall's going to interrupt you, they might as well be interrupting every, every other non-binary, non-binary person. Every non-binary at once. That's what you just did, Kendall. You just silenced us. <laughs> no, it was totally my fault. I was the one that actually derailed myself. Um, no, but I was just saying it is literally people just replicating what they see, quote unquote, legitimate information sources doing um, with their own little information. And we just have to trust that they're somehow doing journalistic vetting of these sources that they're turning into a cute little photo for us. Mm-hmm. And most um, of the time, like you, you and I have both, you and I, Riley, have both have had these kinds of jobs before, where uh, you are just like doing social media design, um, like they, they're jobs that uh, pay low and uh, require a lot of output um, of content that, like, uh, is probably just like certifiably not vetted mm-hmm, properly, mm-hmm. Um, simply because of like the work output that you have to put into um your day-to-day schedule um so like if these are coming from like publications like it it's it's pretty likely that the person who's making these like graphic design bits aren't like doing due diligence either for like the reason of like just they don't have the time in their day to do so or because of like a specific reason due to the publication completely okay what is worse um, like an underpaid 
like graphic designer like comms department sort of person who like interns or like works for occupy democrats um like putting together infographics about cuba's lack of intersectionality and they're they're making like 15 an hour or someone who just like runs like a like a free instagram account about like progressive causes that no one is paying them for like maybe they have like a kofi or something but it's just like it's their own labor that they're doing for fun oh the latter also making yeah (laughs) like you know i might be doing it for 15 dollars an hour but you're doing it for free um and also And also, there's something sick and twisted. Yeah, there's something very dark-sided. There's a there's a twisted individual there who feels the need to individually uh, capitalize off of like socio-political movements uh, with corporate well, graphic and design. How do you navigate that as one of those accounts with the pressure nowadays to comment on everything in the right way? Like to have mm-hmm. an account like that, I would be like, unless I'm making infographics. 15 hours a day like how am i covering every like how am i not getting canceled basically also when are you spending the time that you need to spend to like do the research to like put out those infographics i don't know how any of it would work but Mm -hmm. i okay i was i made it i was joking about being a federal agent (laughs) in case that wasn't clear i'm not and i also don't think that like every like account that's like posting these things are like intentionally working for the cia um they just they're just doing it anyway but um i don't know it like i think a lot about like altezer's like on ideology where like nothing is outside of ideology and so like you might want to ask like who or what does this account owe its power to and like what purpose does it accomplish by spreading its message and that could like simply just be like oh they're like funded like literally by the the democrat party um but it could like also be that they're like doing it on their own volition because they think that it's fun um or even like i think almost worse like well-intentioned like they mm -hmm. genuinely have this belief that they will be making some kind of difference with this PowerPoint slide. Yeah, um, and, and that doesn't even, like, contradict what Altuzer has to say, because, like, um, in in that text, he says that the, the reproduction of labor power requires not only a reproduction of its skills, but at the same time, a reproduction to the submission to the ruling ideology for the workers, and a reproduction of the uh, ability to manipulate the ruling ideology correctly, for the agents of exploitation and repression so that they too will provide the domination of the ruling class in and by words. So like all of that just means that like you through like being a uh, like a member of, of a like ruling state, like even if you are a working class person, even if you are like a person of color or LGBT, whatever other letters you want to add on to the end of that, like you can still be providing like tacit endorsement for um, like the aims of the state without like intentionally intending to do so because like that is a part of like the domination of your labor. Um, 
like Algiers says, like the school and other state institutions like the church or apparatuses like the army teach know-how, but in forms which ensure subjugation to the ruling ideology or the mastery of its practice, all agents of production, exploitation and repression uh, must be in one way or another, like steeped in this ideology in order to perform their tasks conscientiously, um, the tasks of the exploited, um, which is the proletarians, the exploiters, the capitalists, or the uh, of the exploiters, auxiliaries, the managers, or the high priests of its ruling ideology. And so like, that's why we see these accounts that like, maybe when they're talking about issues related to what's happening in the United States, like maybe when it comes to things like trans rights, for example, or like police brutality, like they're saying things that make sense and that are smart. Um, but then like when it has anything to do with the rest of the world, like they lose their minds and are like, yeah, Cuba's not intersectional. Um, or we need to support like indigenous Ukrainians um, or something. Um, and it is because like, you don't, you don't really have to like intentionally be an imperialist to absorb like imperialist right. propaganda. And you have to like very much intentionally be like anti-war um, in order to have those beliefs that a lot of people are not there. Yeah, and I like I said at the beginning, it's it's I think something that the Instagram infographic industrial complex will tell you is that you have to like have a well-informed opinion that can be succinct and like well thought out and written completely and fully formed and realized. Um and it's actually much simpler and uh much more attainable for you as a person to just have a very staunch anti-war belief and be okay with saying, I don't know. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke. I just want to smoke. Um, and like, I think like if they, if there are things that are like not geopolitical relate politically related, but like have to do with like an Instagram infographic, I think, like, we said before, like, uh, like Riley, you were saying, like, I don't understand how these people can just, like, live with having to constantly put out the right opinion all the time. And sometimes they don't. And it seems like they just kind of lose uh, just, like, all ability to see the forest for the trees. And they're just like, I just got to make, like, content today. And we can see this pretty clearly with some of the slides that we've included in our, in our Google Doc, such as the one about... Um, uh poop <laughs> and how it needs to be how it needs we gotta normalize it we gotta, yeah, we gotta normalize, normalize poop uh yeah. we have this one here um and i'm just gonna read through it uh and we can just go through it as 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 a group and talk about it as things come up okay Sad. the first slide first of all i'll describe it to you pay pigs and prayer warriors um it's we need to, first of all, it has like three blobs at like the bottom of the screen and they're all like vaguely urine and shit colored. Um, <laughs> and there's, I guess they're supposed to be like different fluids and like excretions and they're all smiling. Two of them yeah, look like, like Canva, Canva yeah. style <laughs> shit and piss. <laughs> Two of them have closed eyes as if they are like in bliss. 
And then one of them's just got his eyes open and he's looking at the like the text on the screen as if to say, like, look up there, look, do you see? Like they're they're normalizing us. Um <laughs> we need to talk about pretending we don't poop slash fart slash pee slash create fluids slash etc. When did it become <laughs> wait, normal? What's, what's, wait, 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 what's etc.? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, create fluids already covers come, so it's like, etc. What is etc. Blood, vomit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't create any of these things. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Fart. I don't relate to this actually. I don't. I don't relate to this at all. This never happens to me. When did it become normal to pretend we don't have human bodies? I don't have one. Um, actually, um. Anyway, literally, and then th- this is this is uh, separated with periods by every word, so that you know it's like it's fucking serious, okay? Literally, period. Everyone, period, creates, period, waste, period, all caps. It is necessary. That's like how millennials like have their bios. It's like on Twitter, you know, where they'll be like, like, vibe (laughs) consultant, brand ambassador, yeah, micro influencer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mother, (laughs) fart, create fluids. And at the end, it's like only one of these is a joke. You have to guess. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I've got I've got a brother and a boyfriend. One of them is my boyfriend. You have to guess. No. <laughs> when we shame ourselves and others during sex and life for creating waste, we are mm-hmm. also inhibiting our ability to feel pleasure in our whole body. Wait. Wait. Is this just about painting? <laughs> I think it's just about painting. We're normalizing, like, normalizing getting painting. a little shit on someone's dick. <laughs> Normalized truffle butter. <laughs> I feel like it's okay. To, what's wrong with feeling shame? It's fine. That's how Ooh, we learn. Gross is maybe my hot take. I don't want someone to get shit on my dick. I would be upset. Like it's not. It fun. is normal. It is normal for fluids and waste to make an appearance during sex. Listen, especially... I've had sex at least like a dozen times. At least. At least, and like, there's only some fluids that make an appearance, and it's the ones that you would expect. It's not, it's not the unexpected ones. On the Patreon, we will be leaking our body counts. So yeah, it's coming up. You've been um, very lucky so far, <laughs> um, but I mean, like, they're right that like, yes, you it isn't quote unquote normal, but just because it's normal doesn't mean it's like good or anyone's excited about it. Yeah, you like, you don't have to be mean, I guess, have to just someone like a slightly bad or just mid experience. Yeah. If with something. someone is creating fluids and you don't want them to create them, you you don't have to be mean no. about it, I guess. But you you also don't have you to have be like, like this is normal. <laughs> this is normal. stimulating pleasure for me. This is regular. It is normal for fluids and waste to make an appearance during sex, especially if we are stimulating our genitals mm. and or but. Why are we talking about sex in such a corporate, like, HR fucking way? Because that's, that's, like, the, that's the formula, baby. Would that's you the like form. to stimulate my genitals? 
Um, no. Hold on, Stephen, <laughs> cut that clip. Cut that clip. I see you as, as my sibling. Per, as per my last email, my genitals <laughs> are not currently being stimulated. I'm it filing is, a complaint with HR. <laughs> it is imperative that at your soonest convenience, my genitals become stimulated. I hope this dick pic finds you well. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing pleasure education can offer is tools to build resilience mm. when shame and disgust come up. <laughs> it will change the way we engage with waste. I love how like you're saying like, we need to stop pretending like we don't shit and piss and cum. Like, you don't call it shit and piss and cum. You call it waste. Like <laughs> Because it doesn't fit in your little Instagram infographic to just say shit, piss, cum. We need to teach people the difference between destigmatizing and like normalizing. Yeah. Because I think that some of these things are not normal. And I that's okay. <laughs> And that doesn't mean that you have to, like, feel like you're a bad person or, like, you're gross or whatever for it. But, like, it's not normal. I'm not it's, normalizing it. I'm not normalizing it. Um, also, resilience. Like, eat, some, eat some fiber. I don't know. <laughs> you see a little shit on your dick. You need to, like, close your eyes and be like, I am resilient. Yeah, I am I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to power through that. I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> I'm just going to stop and take a break like I just, no you need to learn emotional and, regulation so you don't panic when <laughs> unexpected fluids enter the bedroom mm-hmm. it is not the responsibility of someone who makes shit it is not my responsibility to educate you on where this shit has come from even though it is on your dick <laughs> when we experience Google is free <laughs> when we experience talk and teach about life-giving experiences we mm. must also make waste space for death, waste, and endings. <laughs> Shitting, dying, and farting. I guess there is that whole thing about like when you die, you shit yourself. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I that's guess true. Linked, I don't know. That's I don't think true. That's, I don't think that's fully true. Actually, I think that they're making then, it set up. Oh, then this is the best slide. Um, affirmations. <laughs> Wait, Immediately, can, I'm breaking down. Can, can, breaking. can Riley say this one? I'd like to hear yes, it in Riley's yes. voice. Yes, please. I don't have it open. Here are the affirmations. <laughs> I can't believe I have to read this right now. It is good that I create poop and pee and waste. It helps me stay alive to feel good things. I am not less sexy, hot, desirable, or good because I create waste. I should not be excluded from good experiences because my body functions in the way it needs to. Wait, Mike, no, that's that's not fair. You can't say that you should not be excluded. Some people have. What happened to consent? Wash your ass. If I want to shit my pants <laughs> in public, I'm saying, but like if, if... <laughs> it seems like this person got got like a. Uh... Like shit talks. No, you are a, you are allowed to shit your pants in public if you want, but I am allowed to say that I don't want to invite you to my birthday party um, because of it. Because mm-hmm. I'm af- I'm afraid you're gonna shit your pants Kendall, there, and yeah. maybe that's maybe that's prejudice. But I'm that's, I think that's maybe all you're about, excluding that's people what, with IBS, and I don't think why. That that's- <laughs> why are we giving the the state of Israel? more autonomy from? than we're giving 
Like, Israel has the right to defend itself and to establish boundaries, you know? But I can't establish the boundary of, like, I want to exclude this person who shits from, from the good experiences that well, I have. Well, I have the right to go up to Kendall's wedding with shit and piss in my pants. Yes. Wait, but you I do? feel like I've just made I'm an analogy. Right. I feel like I've just made an analogy between myself and Israel. And you between the, the, the shit pants people in Palestine. So I'm taking that back. <laughs> but... I just want to say I don't agree with the message of this infographic, but it's, it's really seems, funny because it, it, it is literally kind of personal. This infographic, <laughs> it's, it's like this person a, got. It's oh, a conversation ooh. we need to have, but it, it it is totally doing the thing where we we've, we've been talking about where it's like I don't know where this person is getting their information from. It's giving you like commands, you know, like things that you need to do and things that you need to like like ways that you should feel is not telling me like where their authority for this comes from like There's they're no just a, the a queer sex educator and if you disagree with this like i'm like not sure where you're supposed to take yourself to like find any any more information about this but i guess erica moen's water sports comic like i don't yeah. really know where else well, you're supposed to get your information on the subject of of queer things um i've been seeing i mean it's it's a little bit of like an iraq war redux with like some of the infographics that are coming out about ukraine because do you remember with the iraq war when barbara bush your friend Mm -hmm. riley my good friend was like Mm -hmm. was like if we like invade iraq um like it'll be feminism um well and do you remember where she was right she was pretty much 100 percent wrong um (laughs) but it was it was an interesting i mean like i think that like this is how you can see the way that like war propaganda works where you have like of course the right wing at the time like they were just like openly like having like bloodlust and they were like i want all arab people to die and i want to turn iraq into a sheet of glass and then you had like the rational like center being like "Mm, you know like the WMDs, like, we got to take care of that. Like, those are bad. And then the, like, liberal left, they, like, took a really funny stance about how, like, just fucking up Iraq would be feminism. And that's why, you know, like, a pro-war message doesn't have to be just, like, war is good. It can be, like, hmm, like, war makes me sad, but we got to save the women or else they will suffer and we don't help them like the women are gonna have a really bad time and if you say that you don't want like military intervention like you're basically saying that you're okay with all forms of misogyny including honor killings and so barbara bush was like saying that the the mean iraqi men are like oppressive to women and somehow like bombing iraq and like looting the museums and literally like enslaving Iraqi people was going to like liberate women from patriarchy and the little MSNBCs were eating it up. They were like, this is so this is so yeah, true. Like let me, war sucks, but feminism is let good. Let me give you a hypothetical scenario that I'd love to get your take on. Would you endorse military intervention in order to liberate people who aren't allowed to shit and piss and come freely? <laughs> hmm. Well, where where are we intervening? Because I think that it really depends on the country. I would Mm-hmm. Like if if the United States wanted to go to 
to war with um, France. Yeah. You'd endorse that. Jinx. <laughs> I would, yeah. Because, like, that's, that's kind of like when you let two people that you don't like get into, a like, a fight online. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, both, like, hemorrhage followers. And, like, it's just funny to look at. Yeah. I just get the so I think it would be fine. But I guess, like, like we don't care about fem- feminism anymore. I, like, that's no, over with. So instead of, like, yeah. And also we care about gay people. We do care which about is gay ma- people. Which is perhaps related. Um, yeah. But because that was, that was the, the queer pleasure educator telling us about pissing and shitting. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now instead of being, like, Russia's like bad to women they just like keep bringing up like how homophobic like Russia is and how they're just like really mean to LGBT people and I guess that's why Jonathan Van Ness was like I want a non-binary Ukrainian to like (laughs) (laughs) to get in there and it's just like a it's a an interesting thing to to watch happen because I haven't seen anyone get to the part where they conclude how like the military invading a country would be like good for gay people and i also find it really interesting that uh like people in the united states think that like oppression against lgbt people justifies a war when like we all saw the news about Texas yesterday. Like, should mm-hmm. we send the National Guard in there? Don't ask Blue well, Check Twitter that question because like, their answer will be yes. Kind of, well, that's another thing with this kind of like Instagram infographic like way of performing discourse is that you have people making infographics about Ukraine and then you have people making infographics, citing those infographics on Ukraine and saying, you're actually wrong for talking about this when you could be talking about Texas and trans children. When, uh, here's the idea here's an idea maybe uh instead of asking which uh issue is more important maybe the answer is that both are important but what is more useful for you to be doing uh and is that uh clicking and dragging millennial pink add-ons into a powerpoint or is it like actually helping the people around you yeah i wanted to introduce my friend um, Gayatri Spivak um, and her essay, like, Can the Subaltern Speak, where she makes fun of Foucault and Deleuze for being stupid. Um, because it, like, as I was, like, seeing all of these posts about, like, homophobia in Russia and stuff, it reminded me a lot of that, where she brings up this idea of, like, colonial intervention um, being like saving white or like white men saving brown women from brown men and that was sort of like what was happening in Iraq and like that is I think similar to what we're seeing now where I guess we're going to we're going to save the Ukrainian LGBTs um, and uh, yeah I don't know it's just it makes me tired that's all. It's very, but it's, I, I guess I guess like Israel was doing it too a little bit, where they were like Palestine is like really mean to yeah. um, to the to the gays, and then what they'll like all of these like little infographics love to do is bring up the idea of like lived experiences, um, mm-hmm. or like listening to like ex voices, um, buying something products, that, 
Mm -hmm. Buying products, buying products from Ukrainian businesses. Something that I'm seeing already is like follow like real Ukrainian people like who are like sharing their lived experiences on the ground. And like it kind of goes back to what like Altuzer was saying about like mm, like reproduction of uh, like ideology can be done by like anyone um, like who is part of the Imperial Corps regardless of what position they hold. And so like the concrete experience of like a gay person in Ukraine isn't necessarily going to be like more helpful for you to engage with than like something that is being shared by Occupy Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. Can it's... you um can you can you find the the um the they them Instagram infographic? Because oh, I yeah. feel like that one is doing this also where it's like speaking it for a community with like a lot of authority. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have an inter we have an infographic here. Um, one that I don't have the exact, uh, handle for, and I think that that's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it, and, and I'll just describe it with like, it has the, um, like impact, keep calm and carry on kind of bold. Oh, font. I have the, the handle for it. It's transsexual dreamboat on okay. Instagram. If you'd okay. like to, to follow them. <laughs> Um, it's on, it's on a, as always, millennial pink background, and the text is as follows. If you use she, they, or he, they pronouns and don't identify as trans, here we go. <laughs> Consider putting in the work to insist that people also use gender neutral pronouns for you in work settings, private life, and public life, especially when in exclusively cis spaces. If you identify as non-binary but have cis privilege, practice challenging gender-based assumptions in all the spaces you occupy, not just the ones that feel easy. I'm lifting my mic a little Subject closer. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but subject yourself no. to transphobia or yeah, what? I... <laughs> or else. You're privileged. What is cis privilege in this like, what does that mean? Like, that, yeah. If you have to I, assert yourself in order for your humanity to be recognized, are you really experiencing privilege in that moment? I think they wanted to say cis, they wanted to say cis passing without but saying what does that passing. mean either? It doesn't mean what? anything at the same time. Like, I think for, like, for some, like, I think what they meant was like, oh, you have passing privilege, which is also not a real thing. Uh, and like, yeah, because like at the moment you say like, I would actually like you to use gender neutral pronouns for me in this current environment. You're, you no yeah, longer have cis privilege. People immediately get weird about it. It doesn't really yeah. matter too much. Oh, what's like. going on downstairs? Like they just immediately <laughs> do not know what the to do. Um, here's the next slide. Our trans siblings or those of us who use they, them pronouns exclusively are exhausted and isolated. Being trans now means you use they, them pronouns exclusively. That's yes. the only definition. <laughs> That's the only definition. <laughs> or being a trans sibling. Um, 
exclusively are exhausted and isolated by having our identities constantly disrespected, invalidated, and not taken seriously. I think maybe you're not being taken seriously because you're saying that the only definition is to use they, them pronouns exclusively. Um, I think maybe that is why. Um, it's anyway, so poorly articulated. This is so, okay. It's a privilege to be able to use multiple sets of pronouns without feeling dysphoric. What? <laughs> oh. What? Tell that to all the cis dudes who say who message me and say she they in bio kill yourself. Like, oh my right. god. <laughs> um, <laughs> and not everyone has access to be to being able to shape shift their way out of transphobia and binary based violence. This is an op. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like you don't need to be the CIA to do the CIA's work. <laughs> and binary-based violence. Like, mm -hmm. violence is violence. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah, but are they doing violence to you as a they? Or are they doing it to you as a she? Because it's different. It's different each time. You know how, like, uh -huh. that Vibe Shift article was just that woman, like, really being afraid of how culture was changing around her and she couldn't control it like i think that's mm -hmm. what this person is also doing oh because fully, the just they fully. them thing is i i now i'm starting to feel old like so much of gen z are like all pronouns no pronouns like she they he they like it's it's a lot more like combinations or loose than just like pure they them and i wonder if this person is like i am now on the outside looking in like this queer culture oh, is I mean, moving past me. Their description for it was like, as a non-binary white trans person who receives cis-passing privilege, it feels important <laughs> to try to have this spicy conversation. Spicy. Um, but I think, like, Do they also you know, it's, I, like, I, I don't care so much about, like, dunking on this specific person, but it has, um, like, 40,000 likes, which means that we can assume that it was shared, like, hundreds of thousands of times because that's how instagram works and i know that i saw this post like multiple times on my own feed mostly from cis people being like i guess this is what the trans they want us to do they they want us to acknowledge our shape-shifting privilege isn't it i feel like people call trans people shapeshifters like derogatory yeah. they turf so, do all the time so but now we're using it that's like been, on... yeah it's been used with the bathroom stuff and turf slot specifically like mm -hmm. in that sort of deceptive trope way it's like not a not a good idea to use that in this context or any context <laughs> yeah to to talk about someone as if they're some kind of deceptive monster right um, or some kind of like other being is yeah. gross. Uh, this goes on. But, Unlike um, Cerise, I'm very like... willing to dunk on this specific person and say that yeah. I think that they really <laughs> should delete this. They should delete this, except they won't because it has 40,000 likes. Um, mm -hmm. You might have more capacity than others to challenge transphobia and set the groundwork to protect those who are the most marginalized amongst us. Among us? Who? Um, who among us? Sus. <laughs> You're not just they, them at the workplace. That's sus. Mm. <laughs> mm, he, they, mm. in bio? Sus. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's just it's like you were saying before it's just like like yes like let's let me willingly put myself in the path of transphobia in order to set the groundwork yeah um like, and then it goes on to get a little more like aggressive oh no, they start more. swearing um <laughs> like, for example i use he him pron and he he and him pronouns almost exclusively now but we'll, we'll still make a motherfucker they me if they get a little too comfortable in seeing the world through that cis vision what's that mean what does, like wielding like, your pronouns against people as a weapon like this is so weird <laughs> <laughs> and then finally i love to see the she they's and the cis adjacent people turn up for trans liberation <laughs> and put in tilde the work tilde strawberry emoji turn up for trans liberation wait why does it just say the she they's what happened to the he they's why apparently the he they's why are the she's out? being called out more this is misogyny also what's cis adjacent <laughs> Like what's this yeah, what's like you're standing next to like the down with cis bus, but you're I mean, not it's basically on it. just saying that she they's and he they's are cis adjacent simply by using those pronouns, which I is just it's interesting like to think that way. Packaged transphobia. Like most um, of the trans women that I know, um, like a lot of them use she and they pronouns, mm-hmm. um, and you know, have their own experiences. Uh, yeah i feel like this is carrying the assumption that like people who use like um a binary pronoun and then they are like using the binary pronoun that's associated with their assigned gender which is like i feel like there's never really a time where we need to bring up anyone's assigned gender um so i don't i don't know like why this is happening but it's funny because like this is a thing that's like being asserted as like like an authoritative voice mm-hmm. on trans issues. I don't know who this person is. I don't know where they got this belief from. Maybe they just like made it up. Maybe they had like a conversation in therapy with like a bad therapist who was like, you should post that. Um, and then it's getting like shared by cis people who are like, I'm uplifting the voices. I'm of- learning so much. Yeah, I'm making space. If I was cis and I read that fucking word soup, I would have <laughs> lost my mind and need to be like admitted. Like I would have no idea what was going on. Rocking back and forth, just like <laughs> she, she, they, I. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like you you don't know anymore after that. If like maybe you should feel like people who use more than one set of pronouns are like like oppressors or or if you should protect them it's i yeah it's, it's interesting it's a non it well it's like you said it's appealing to authority with its format it has like you know i'll probably put like an an imgur link to all of these uh slides that we're talking about so that you don't have to necessarily go to their page and just see it you can probably just see the the slides that we're referring to but like the format they're using of like this impact font on like a plain background and like how it just like it's like it's like very simplistic but also like very like aesthetically like it like it just like draws your eyes right to the exact text it puts it in big bold letters so that you can read it really easily and then think like yeah this person like is speaking and they're and they're speaking with such like not they say things like consider but what they mean is like do (laughs) 
like in everything that the format is telling you it's saying like this is what you need to do right now yeah especially in the way that it appeals to the idea of like you have privilege and this person has privilege and you guys need to get together and work in tandem to help like marginalized voices like they use the same like Mm -hmm. they use this format that very much appeals to guilt speaking of marginalized um voices the last one that i wanted to share was Black Lives Matter's statement is problematic. <laughs> Why the U.S. embargo against Cuba isn't to blame? <laughs> the the the, per, the like corporate stock photo of like this like ethnically ambiguous woman with the with the sleeves and like the blobby hands. She's at a protest. No, yeah, she's at a protest, and she's, she's got no face, so you can like you can project every brown woman you've ever met onto her, yeah, and feel like this is coming from you know like she's got a brown like a woman little, that you trust. She's got like a little Rosie the Riveter hair curl, um, so that you know she's like fighting for causes. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's coming. Well, you're you're centering marginalized voices, yes. and it says you know that this is coming from Cubans. Yes. So you know that you need to like uplift and trust and believe them um but it it says like the black lives matter organization just put out a statement on what's happening in cuba there's paragraphs after paragraphs directed towards the u.s and asking them to end the embargo which yes the embargo is terrible and yes it does affect cubans on the island but the concern of the people isn't the embargo it's the authoritarian dictatorship they're living under Notice how Cubans aren't chanting end the embargo as they risk their lives to protest on the island. They're protesting and they're screaming. They're asking for freedom. People are not going hungry because there's an embargo. Interesting. Um, There are fish and lobsters in the hotels for tourists, but there is no food for the people. There's no food for the people. There's food in supermarkets that you can only purchase with U.S. dollars, but the people do not earn in U.S. dollars. There's fruits and vegetables that go bad in the countryside because the government doesn't collect it in time. If a Cuban were to give it to their family, they would be imprisoned. Cuba is experiencing a healthcare crisis in the middle of a pandemic. People are dying in the hallways of hospitals because of lack of medical beds and Ooh, resources. That definitely wasn't happening here. Families... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's totally Families... different here. <laughs> well, it, it actually didn't happen. Like, we're not yeah. experiencing a healthcare crisis because we don't live under an authoritarian government. Um, families are left to dispose of their loved ones' bodies themselves due to the lack of caskets or bur- burial systems in place. Their healthcare system is a disaster, but there's money to build hotels for foreigners. And when foreign countries try to offer aid, the Cuban government rejects it. Black Lives Matter, you are the face of protests all over the world, but you have nothing to say about a dictatorship that does not grant its people freedom or assembly of speech. Black and brown people are disproportionately affected by the regime. Cuban dissidents and the activists that have been in prison this year for speaking out against the Cuban regime are mostly black and brown. The most important dissident right now is black. (laughs) What? Why are the most important... (laughs) Who are they? You didn't name them. You just said uh, the most important, but no, no name. No, okay. And then, and then the final slide is a TikTok of a white Cuban, actually, um, yes. who is sharing some information. Um, but I think what 
like this really exemplifies and i feel like i'm seeing a lot of posts similar to this about ukraine now is that um there are all of these statements asserting facts about what's happening in cuba um without any links at all telling us where they got this information or where we could find out more so we learned that like there's people dying in hospitals um which I guess is a, a problem that only occurs in authoritarian regimes that are run by dictators, but we don't get to see like where they got that information from. Um, they're saying like, like it talks about protesters, but it doesn't tell us like who these protesters are. It makes this um, point of like, Oh, there's, there's, they're chanting Libertad instead of like uh and the embargo, um, and that means that those two things are definitely not related at all. Like, if they're chanting something yeah, completely well, different. Also, like, just asserting, like, outright that Cubans generally do not want the embargo to end or that they don't care about it because of, a like, a certain faction of protesters. Well, not only that, and, but even if they think the embargo is bad, foreigners in general are trying to help. Like, foreign mm. countries try so hard to offer aid, and the Cuban government just rejects it, and oh no. There's also a lot of, um, on every single well, slide, there is the, like, these little watermarks, like the hashtag SOS Cuba at Cubanos in LA, which appear to just be links to other either other accounts that they are in partnership with or own themselves or just their same account. So it gives the illusion of, like, oh, there's like a different source you can go to, but it's like the same source. Um, right. I mean, and, and like you can see like the appeal to the like liberal left demographic that like did end up like reposting things like this over and over with being like black and brown people are disproportionately affected by the regime. Like the most important dissident right now is black. Um, no name. Such a weird no name. Out. Like that is such a weird just fact to say with no follow up. <laughs> just nothing just like no no name says like one of blm's main focuses is police brutality yet cubans which are a big majority which a big majority are afro-cuban are facing daily police beatings and even worse dot 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 murder in like the most like theatrical (laughs) like like as if this is like an agatha christie like twist (laughs) like that yes people who face brutality also face murder with the dot 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 god yeah (laughs) i guess like the thing that i i really just like i want to like close on or like my final thing to say about this is that like obviously these suck because they're supporting a message that i don't agree with whether it's like that we should normalize shitting or that we should invade cuba um but also just like (laughs) i think you're valid. You're so I'm normalizing you dropping your phone. You're so valid. Being clumsy is valid. Where's that think... infographic? <laughs> yeah. And like having a two hour long, like rambling podcast is also like, we yeah. should normalize it. They love but, it. But I don't know, like we've, we keep saying like they're anti-citational by design, but I think what like really, really sucks about that is that like Kendall was saying citations are how we make our knowledge common. Like it's how we democratize information. And by sharing where you got your information from and how you got there, you give other people the same opportunity to learn what you did and to like reach their own conclusions or add their voice to the conversation or contest your point. 
and like when you make your knowledge common you connect people in like maybe a really long chain of history of learning and give them the opportunity to like continue that chain or you can sever it entirely by keeping your sources obscure and i can really only think of like one reason why anyone would want to speak in a voice of authority while keeping people effectively in the dark and so when you like bring up the importance of centering black voices or uplifting like indigenous israeli voices or something but then you don't provide where you got that information from like you're actually making it very difficult for people to speak um and i think that the next time that you see a little canva infographic you should think about that yeah you should and that's think all about i it. have to say yeah um I just, once again, like, uh, knowledge and literacy, um, both in, like, media and format, are learned skills. They're things that, like, um, like, you shouldn't feel bad, necessarily, about falling for a piece of propaganda, um, but you should work against that actively in your um, thinking. And part of that has to do with... Um, creating your own support network of people um, around you that you can talk critically with about things that you see and things that you consume and get together with each other. And, you know, a little like some keyword searches and just putting it together yourself as to like where this person might've gotten their sources from. So it's, you know, it's not always the easiest, but um, like cite your work create little, you know, bitchy group texts where you can complain. And I think, I think everyone underestimates the power of a group text of getting together with your friends and really learning together about like what um, these sources are saying, um, linking articles to each other, really having like a full conversation about who owns what and who wants you to believe what certain thing um, and who gains what from like uh, this source, whether it be social capital, economic capital, or um, just general clout. Economic capital is just capital. Yeah. It's just capital. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like social, <laughs> like the difference between like a social capital of like clout and like, you know, Rupert Murdoch is, is, there's there's a difference. Um, no, I feel like they're the same thing. I feel like thing. like James Charles having like seven million followers is like kind of the same thing as like Rupert Murdoch having seven billion dollars. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Totally. Riley, do you have any closing thoughts? Hi. T h o t s. No, I mean. Thank you for my incredible return to podcasting after a long time away. Wouldn't have wanted to do it on any other podcast. I would say every time you shit piss or come, you should feel completely disgusted with yourself. You should feel like the worst <laughs> person in the world. In what order? Which one should make you feel the grossest? Uh, coming should always make you feel like worthless. Like Very Catholic yeah, of you. Completely. <laughs> and then shitting and then pissing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I would say pissing only because comes a little higher only because like uh, Erica Moen's water sports comic has, has a really personal tie with me of just absolute rage. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's a deep, a deep mm -hmm. cut for. 
Yeah. Like, I just, <laughs> I just get the feeling of, like, yeah, you should probably feel ashamed of pissing um, and shitting. But definitely, like, I do, I do think coming comes first. Um, Always. You do have to feel ashamed. And you should. It's part of it. Like, um, it can't happen unless you feel ashamed. That's yeah, a little known fact. Yeah. I take a shit and every time I just break down into tears out of just a sense of disgust with myself. I don't do any of those things because I'm a good person. Yeah, you don't shit, um, you don't piss, you don't come, no. Yeah. So I, I can't participate it's just, in it's this. It's because we're Yeah, you have my support um, in your shame. Yeah, our, 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 our Protestantism is, is, you know, it runs deep. <laughs> it's along with which yellow tie we're going to wear to mass. <laughs> I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. Okay, I think we should end the episode. Goodbye, Payfigs. Goodbye, Prayer Warriors. um, As always, leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out our Patreon. We are Big Soy Naturals on Twitter everywhere. On Twitter and Instagram. Like, you know the whole deal. Unlike uh, Instagram infographic influencers, we post great content. Um, And we're going to get back to that soon, so... Follow our Instagram, follow our Twitter, uh, do the whole thing. And yeah, all right. Shut up. Goodbye. I don't want smoke. I just want smoke. Cock is one of my favorite tastes. I don't want smoke. I just want smoke. When I hit the pipe, I'm like Walter White. Not only that, I feel like a doll smell amazing. Yeah, I like green because it makes me lean. And I smoke high because I'm blowing clouds. When I hit high, then it's time to smoke. There are dangerous people. Like, I cannot get it far enough down my throat to be satisfied. I'm only satisfied when I feel those intense, powerful, salty, hot pumps of cum down my throat. This is a certified Big Soy Naturals classic.